Welcome back to the Hillbilly and the Hipster. My name is Chad McCool. And as always, I am joined in studio with my brother from another mother, Andy Crow, down there in the bluegrass state of Kentucky. Andy, how's it going today? It's going. It's cold, but it's good. I uh, smoked a log of maloney this morning. Then I came in and I, I cut me a slice of it off and fried an egg and ate a fried maloney or a smoked maloney and fried egg sandwich. It's been a good morning. I would say I, I saw a picture of that bologna. And when you just said Laga bologna, it made me think last night I was at this coffee shop slash bakery and they have a, a Yule log, you know, those cakes. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. And I've wanted one forever and I was really tempted to buy one, but not for $34. <laughs> nope. Nope. Can't, can't do that. No, I got a... Uh... I don't know, three and a half pound log of bologna for like 10 bucks. Oh, that's not bad. No, fields. I mean, it's not top shelf, but let's be honest. Do you really need top shelf bologna? So is it beef bologna or is it remnants bologna? It is fields bologna. But is it made, was it, is it all beef or is it um, the other kind of bologna where it's like parts? So I'm telling you everything I know. <laughs> that means it might be parts. I'm gonna have to. I have to look I'm up. I'm sure it is parts because it was cheap. Yeah. But uh, here's the thing, my friend. Uh, bologna's bologna, and it is good. Oh, we could debate this. Beef bologna, real 100% beef bologna, is way better than other bologna. It it very well could be, <laughs> but uh, I'm a fan of what I have. Yeah. Oh, I I agree with you 100. percent um, so I have the seasoning that I got from the meat church. Um, it's a guy down in Texas, shout out meat church. Um, so it's, they've got a few different rubs. And so I mixed mine with, uh, what they call their gospel rub and then, um, honey hog. So I, you know, I skewed it, rubbed it down with mustard and put the seasoning on it. And then about three and a half hours into it went out and took a mixture of that seasoning, brown sugar, and apple juice and glazed it. It's good. It turned out real well. Oh, that sounds good. It looked amazing. And the, not, I wouldn't say this is the best part, but part of the goodness of it, uh, Dr. Wife and the kids are out of town. So um, I don't have to share it. Now, not the <laughs> Dr. Wife. Not that Dr. Wife would ever eat bologna, don't get me wrong, but the boys really like it. So I, I get first dibs. There'll be plenty, because I mean, that's a lot of bologna. So do you know what Braunschweiger is? It's sort of like liverwurst? Yes. Okay, so I, I used to, I knew this pastor, he's a older guy, and his wife would go out of town, and I, I'd go on fishing trips with him sometime, and if his wife was out of town, he packed these Braunschweiger, so basically like these liverwurst sandwiches that he wasn't allowed to eat. He'd have an ice chest full of them, and that's all he would eat the entire weekend we'd be fishing. Look, I get it. There are things that I used to when we lived in Iowa, when uh, Dr. Wife would travel for work um, or whatever, I would just go buy my weight and catfish. <laughs> But you wouldn't clear up all the remnants. Like he he destroyed all the evidence that he ever purchased this. I think oh, he, yeah. he used cash so it wouldn't show up on his card that he went to Kroger to buy this stuff. It was uh it was always pretty funny. My dude's not playing, was he? Good. No, man. no, and it his wife, his wife's uh she's a nurse, so she's in the medical field, and it was stuff he shouldn't be eating, so he was uh he couldn't wait for her to get out of town. Maybe the two times a year she went to go uh, visit relatives. Sound like Bobby Hill when he got the gout. <laughs> yes, this would definitely give you the gout. Oh, so Andy, this is the we're we're entering the the fourth week of Advent. Um, it, it's interesting recording this. We're on a it's a Saturday morning when we're recording this. Usually we we record in the evening, so it's a. Uh, I'm not used to having daylight in uh, I know it feels it feels odd, you know. Cedar is camped up here beside me in a baloney coma. <laughs> but she's also confused at why we're talking so much on a Saturday morning. That's right. She's getting more nap time in because um 
Our conversations are boring her. <laughs> they are not riveting. <laughs> she just wants more baloney. So it is that the is accurate. fourth Sunday in Advent. So uh, if we if we were lighting our Advent wreath, we're we're lighting this candle, the fourth candle in love, and it's back to being a purple candle. Um, last week's being the the pink candle. If you use that in your Advent wreath. Um, so God is a a God is a God of love. I mean, He's a God of hope. He's a God of peace. Um, he's a God of joy, and He is a God of love. And and I think that no better expression of His love for us comes um, than you know between this time of year and and when we celebrate Resurrection Sunday. But this time of year, that God loved us so much that He took on flesh and sent His only Son to you know, come and be with us and live with us and laugh with us and cry with us and eat with us and teach us and walk with us. And No, absolutely. Um, I think, you know, a lot of times we, we describe the Bible start to finish is one of the greatest love stories ever told, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, and, and I think as long as we're, we're on the subject of love, there are multiple love stories, like sub love stories within the, the greater love story in itself between God and his people. Um, but I think, like, let's, if we're going to talk love, let's talk love, right? And so let's focus on the subplot of the love story of Joseph and Mary. Um, I think that's some a topic that gets very little coverage, very little talking about, because, again, the focus of Christmas is Jesus, right? The focus of everything is Amen. Jesus. Absolutely. But I think there's a lot to be said about the relationship and the love story between Mary and Joseph that really helps point, Je point to Jesus and the way that he loved people. Well, I think that we... We we we've gotten to this very. I mean, we we know the story. We 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 tell the story by rote, you know. And and we we read Luke two, and I, I think that we do lose sight of that because you know we we talk about Joseph and and granted we know there's not a whole lot we know about him. There's not a whole lot listed in scripture about him, but we. You know, countless guys have preached. Uh, he, you know, he was an honorable man because he wanted to do do the right thing for Mary when he uh, was was pondering to divorce her quietly. And we don't really think about that at at some point, right? This man, Joseph, asked this woman, Mary, to marry him to be his wife. And while you look throughout scripture, there are relationships that weren't based on love. And you think about, you know, in the, the kinsman redeemer relationship, most of the time, those marriages weren't about love. They were, they were transactional, uh, except for the one really between Boaz and Ruth. And I think we see in the book of Ruth, that being a love story that Boaz really loved her, but it's also a foreshadowing of our redeemer, right? The, the fourth redeemer in that story, if you will, between um, between with Naomi and Ruth and Boaz and that that redeemer eventually being the second baby born in Bethlehem, Jesus and our redeemer and, and the love story from between him and us. But there is, I think there is a love story between Joseph and Mary. I think Joseph, um, no matter what maybe chatter he heard around town, you know, the, the ribbing he must've been taken from his father and his brothers that, you know, Mary was the one he wanted to marry. Oh, absolutely. And so I think, I mean, context is context, but I think if you were to take this story, right, and you were to put it in today's context, Joseph's father, and just like then, Joseph's father, his brothers, and his friends are going to tell him, like, dude, that's, you got to go. You, you don't need that. You don't know, stay with her. Just go. You can do better. You know, look what she's done to you. Look what she's done to your name. The cut she's, run. Right? She's she's not even, she's still claiming that she's never been with anybody. But and she's starting to show. 
right? But she's showing, so obviously something has happened. So, like, you just, you got to run. And so you think, uh, and now I've never been in that predicament, thankfully. Um, but you just, you have, you know, with everything going through his mind, and, and so he's, he's resolved that, okay, how do I, how do I do this gracefully to where it doesn't hurt her and make her look as bad? And so he's, everything is, is for her sake. And ultimately right under the law, I mean, she could be punished by death. Oh yeah. No, he, he, he could have done that, but that's, that wasn't who he wanted to be. That wasn't what he wanted to do. And then, you know, all of a sudden the angel appears to him and it's like, Hey, look, this is what's up. And just the amount of sheer, like, sigh of relief, right? Like, I can almost audibly hear Joseph. Oh, thank you. Like, now it makes sense. As much as it doesn't make sense, now it makes sense. Well, yeah, and I think about, you know, Joseph's been dealt, they've both been dealt this hand, right? They've both been dealt this hand, and and Joseph... I'm sure Joseph's getting all the 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 encouragement to fold, you know, the to use a card reference, and he goes all in because this is the woman he wants to marry. And I think about Mary too. Like, I I mean, you know, she was probably they they were going to have a humble wedding. They were humble. They're not going to necessarily have this huge, grandiose thing. Although weddings back then were, you know, when we think about with the first miracle with the wedding at Cana, like those were celebrations that lasted for, for days, right? The whole village would celebrate, but I don't think Mary ever planned to have that humiliation. I mean, and it's still, even in today's society in the 21st century, there's still a little bit of talk and backbiting. If you walk down the aisle, eight eight months pregnant, you know, and, and, you know, eventually, you know, I don't think Mary had any plans to walk down the aisle showing Oh yeah, no. When she dreamt this up. No, but just the the commitment that one they had to each other, and two, the commitment and the resolve to to follow the Lord. I mean, we, we've talked about it with Mary. She was she knew her stuff, and she was very devoted. And Joseph too, like very devoted. Um and the faithfulness and the courage that it took to listen. Right. You know, I, I know as a dad, I tell my kids all the time, you know, I'll get on to them. Hey, we can't do that. You know, don't, don't be mean to the kid. Don't, don't fall into the crowd that's doing the picking. And it takes courage to do the right thing. Sure. Especially in in today's society in that society too, like the right thing was to follow what God was telling you to do. Like he brought Mary and Joseph together. They had this relationship. They were very much in love. And then this happens. And the easy thing to do is to to get out. Right. It's what society's pushing you to do. It's what the culture would want you to do. And when you're going it's against the, same, the grain, it's hard. It's the same thing that happens to, in today's society. When something in your relationship goes wrong, it takes courage and it takes a commitment to fix it. The easiest thing to do is be like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. I'm out. Yeah, it and, is. Time and time cool. again, it is. But there's sometimes you need more than love. You need courage and strength. Right? But how do you get that courage and strength? Well, it's, it it's through the Lord. Yeah, you're right. So and you, Joseph and Mary loved each other. You know, nobody's questioning that. This happens. Joseph is questioning what he should do. And then he gets that strength from the Lord to do what was right. Now, again, in people's eyes, it wasn't the right thing to do. And for him to take to Jesus and be like, this is my boy. You know, I would have loved to have been at the manger scene to see how he reacted because just, um, you know, the pride that that he would have taken 
even though knowing like this isn't my blood, but this is my boy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and you think about love that 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 word is just so has been so butchered, right? Because I think we're both guilty of it, right? Like I I love pizza and fried bologna sandwiches and Tottenham Hotspur. You know that we don't know we 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 kind of degrade the true meaning of it, but to and and we do that in our relationships because I think so many relationships are like, well, I I, I love this person, but the world's vision of relationships really is filled with lust, and when that fades or when that slows down, that love then isn't there because we've equated lust with love, and and love true love with somebody's a miracle. You know, and unto itself. I mean, to to stick it out with somebody, to love somebody, to go through all those, you know, to to understand all and and really be a part of all those facets of love. I mean, it's a miracle. And they they're carrying. Well, Mary's carrying, and they're they're giving birth to this miracle child. You know, that Mary's chosen to give birth to the creator of the world. She was created by His hands, and yet she's given birth to Him, and that alone, like. It's like miracle. I don't even know what the the exponential number would be. It's like miracle to infinity. So to go back, and this is going to be you know typical Andy here. Uh, when you were talking about how we've we've really broken the word love because you love Tottenham Hotspurs, and uh, I was thinking of the movie Anchorman. <laughs> he's like i love lamp he's like do you do you love lamp or are you just saying that that's where my head went when you said that <laughs> i love lamp <laughs> okay that's that's another movie i've not seen wait really yeah oh my goodness I, I'm going to give you my list of movies. We could suss this out in an episode. I'm going to give you a list of my favorite movies. And I, I'll i give you 10 movies. And I guarantee you, you've probably seen two. Or know of two. Maybe not even seen them, but you've heard Maybe of not them. seen, but know of. I can't believe you've never seen Anchorman. No. I mean, I, I've seen parts of it. I mean, I know it was, it, it's in like cultural jargon. So I know like the whole stay classy thing, like stay classy San Diego. And I know the gist of it, but I've not seen it. But do you know the scene I'm talking about? No. So Ron Burgundy's telling that like he thinks he's in love with this and they're this woman and they're giving him all this crap. You know, you don't, you don't know what love is. So he's trying to tell them what love is. And they're like, well, I love this, and you know, I love this, and then, you know, the the guy who, it's just the guy. Like, if you know, you know. And I don't know how to describe. It. Like, he's he's a few crayons short of a yeah. box, and so he's trying to be a part of it. And they're like, well, I love this, and I love this, and all of a sudden he chimes in with, I love lamp, and it's like, do, do you love lamp or are you just, I love lamp. I'm so disappointed. <laughs> well, and, and and do you think that okay, so that example makes sense? And do you think that there's do professed believers who feel that way about Jesus? They just say they love Jesus. Oh, <laughs> yes. Well, let me tell you this, and then we'll go. So when I'm about uh I, I might be about four, four years old. Um my my mother's boyfriend at the time, who became my stepfather eventually. Um, but they weren't married at the time, asks me if I love Jesus. I've had no introduction to Jesus or anything about Christianity at all at this point in my life. And and I don't know, I, I live in a predominantly Latino neighborhood. For all I know, this this dude that my mom's dating is trying to say Jesus. And I'm like, no, I, I don't. I love my, you know, I love my grandmother. I love my mom. And, and, he, and he hits me, right? I take a I, I take a beating because I don't love Jesus. So if you ask me until I truly then had some godly people in my life, if you ask me if I if I love Jesus, I'd say, yeah, because if I said, no, I'm going to catch a beating. It's an appropriate way to share the gospel. If you, you know, do you oh, absolutely. In, they say, no, Kolkaka. <laughs> Let me I mean, then do you? There's sometimes you may want to in certain individuals, usually family members in our lives. Um 
But no, it is not an appropriate way to share the gospel. That oh, yeah, that defies Augustine's, you know, always preach the gospel and sometimes use words. He didn't mean retort to violence. Yeah, no, no. Sometimes it's not okay to listen to Andy. But uh, no, going back to your question, I there are adults that I, like, in my head, I have names um, of people that I've served with and, and served in, in former churches and friends that profess to be believers and i think it's uh, oh i love jesus because that's what i was told i should do as a kid and there's no there's no fruit or evidence of it i know pastors that that profess to love jesus and you hear their theology and doctrine and you're like do you do you love jesus or do you love lamb yeah i've i've i mean and some of these people I'm going to describe, you know, we mutually know some of these people, but I've known churchgoers for decades who are make, and, and I'm not, I'm not going to say that we're all perfect, right? We still are all sinners and, and we backslide and we still, I mean, I think each and every one of us has that one or two sins that we fall back on, right? Mine is definitely gluttony that I'll fall back on and I'll, you know. I'm gonna go. I want to eat half that lager bologna that you uh, that you spoke today. You showed me that picture, but you have a lot of people who justify that Jesus wants this for me because He wants me to be happy and He wants me to follow my heart. You know, and and Calvin said that the human heart is a perpetual factory of idols. And following your heart, we've talked about this in a previous episode, right? Following your heart is the worst advice you could give to somebody. Awesome. But I know people who say, "Well, Jesus, it's okay that Jesus." It's okay for me to do this. Jesus wants me to do this because he wants me to be happy. Yeah, no, that's not how that works. Like Jesus wants you to be happy. Absolutely. Jesus wants you to be happy in him. Amen. Right. And we've kind of stop me if you've heard this before. We've kind of got off subject. <laughs> do we do well, that? Welcome to the podcast. Um, but yeah, Jesus wants us to be happy in him. Jesus wants us to be happy in his love that he has for us and with us, right? That doesn't necessarily mean that the, you know, the lady next door, you're, you know, having the affair and then her leaving her husband to be with you because, well, God told us we should be together. I bet he didn't. Yeah, no. I don't know that that's how that works. But I think there is a, in the world, there is a definite vision, different vision of love than what God's word says about love. I mean, I think, you know, and even that, that phrase that, that God is love, which is absolutely true. Um, even that meeting has been hijacked because, you know, the world wants you to know that God is love. So he loves everything. So go ahead. You, you, you do you. Right. Well, and I think that I don't even know how to put what I'm thinking into words. We've hijacked the word love, and I think we we substitute love for another word. And I think you alluded to it earlier, but a lot of what we have isn't love, it's lust, right? Um I remember when I was in high school, I would I worked at McDonald's, right? And I was super close with a bunch of my coworkers and, and some of the management staff and all of that good stuff. And I remember just, you know, we'd joke around and be like, oh, you know, oh, you know, Cheryl, I love you. Her name wasn't Cheryl. I can't remember her name now. I feel bad. Um, but oh, Cheryl, I love you. And she'd be like, well, I lust you. Like she knew, she knew. Like I don't love you, um, and, and I think she got. You know, I, it was just this running joke. Uh, looking back at it now, at my age and their age, it was probably inappropriate. But anyway, that's not the point. Um, but I think that's that's what we've done is we've replaced the word lust with love. Like, oh, I love this. No, you lust after that. Right. You know, and sometimes the lust is very prevalent for, for human beings, but or it's either lust or covet or desire. 
you know, yeah, and which is all, you know, sort of it all falls under that that lust umbrella. Absolutely. Um, and so we we mixed up what love is. Um, and so I mean to pull out the old hairband, you know, I want to know what love is. And you know, somebody needs to show I, me. I think so, that was foreigner. I don't think foreigner when you say hairband, they had a lot of hair, but Foreigner was not a big hair metal band. Don't judge me, okay? I don't know. They had a lot of hair. That's what I consider a hair band. Okay. It is before your time. Right? Or we could go back to the the great theologian and prophet Tina Turner. What's love got- <laughs> Actually, that was a song she covered by Al Green, and I do believe Al Green was a reverend. Oh, see, there you go. I did a whole, I did a whole wedding sermon and a whole like normal sermon off that. Like, what's love got to do with it? <laughs> it was one of my favorite wedding sermons ever. That being said, so like, let's look at that. Like, so what does love have to do with it? And and somebody, yeah. what is love? What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. You know, so for what, the night the Roxbury fans out there. And yeah, so I, I, I never saw that movie either, but I I have seen the SNL skits. Well, that's all you need. That's all you need is that. And I've seen Michael Scott impersonated on The Office. It is a horrible movie. But I, I, if I, if I'm flipping through the channels and it's on, I'll watch it because I'm not right. So, so you're driving down a highway somewhere and you come across this slice of Americana, a drive, a drive-in movie theater, and a double feature that night is Anchorman and Night at the Roxbury, and you're making a U-turn and you're there. I'm making a U-turn. I'm buying two tubs of popcorn. I, my wife can drop me off and go do whatever and just come pick me up at two when the, when the movies are over. Uh, I, I think that, yes, I, I think Dr. Wife is dropping you off. <laughs> Although I think Dr. Wife likes Anchorman. Okay. I did watch a Star Wars movie with her in the movies without you and your kids. Yeah, no, because you won't. I, I've, I've seen one Star Wars movie and uh that was because I was 36 and everybody was giving me crap because I'd never seen them. And so I said, all right, I'll watch. And so I actually put on the first one and I was like, nope, this is horrible. I can't so when you it. say first one, is that episode one or episode four, the first theatrically theatrically released one? See, this is Y'all pull this crap and I'm like, I don't know. It was the first one that they released. Was Luke Skywalker in there about 19? Bro, was in the desert. He's a whiny baby. You know how long ago this was for me? He just wants to go to Tashi Station to buy some power converters. Yeah, I don't know. It was the first one that came out. So that's the first theatrical. That's episode four. Sure. You still don't know. So, Andy, let's let's reel this fish back in. Um, What's love got to do with it? What what is... is, uh, what does love mean? Love to you? has everything to do with it because if you look at love for what it actually means, right? You take the lust out of it, and we just look at love as love. Um, and that phrase can be misconstrued many ways, but stay with me, follow me here. What's love got to do with it? Love starts at creation, right? Amen. Love starts with the first wedding that God ordained. Amen. Right. Love starts with uh, a surgery and a transplant of a rib. Uh, then we we move forward. Love starts at a at, at, at an angel appearing to a young girl, and says, "Hey, don't be afraid. This is what's up." And then her telling her soon-to-be husband, and her husband being like, "Uh, what?" Love starts there. Yeah. Love continues on to the angel going to Joseph. And going, hey, I know you're afraid, one, because I'm pretty scary, uh, and two, because you got all this crap going on in your life. Let it go. Stay with it. Hold tight. Yeah, hold on, because this is the love one goes, Love goes from there to a manger. And then for the next 30 years, 
love goes on in that family setting until Jesus takes his love to the nations when he starts his ministry at 30. Yeah. It all surrounds love. And all of that love, at least the end part of that love story that we talked about, begins with a love story between two kids who had no clue the impact that them saying yes would have on, on the world. So all of a sudden I have this thing at Joseph and Mary, they're the uh, the Jack and Diane of Nazareth. They are a little ditty about Joseph and Mary. Right? I mean, they have no, they the world was not ready for the impact of what would happen because a man loved a woman and they both listened to God. And do you think we we struggle to feel God's love for us. I think we we see it in the good times, right? Oh, God, God, God's given me this front row parking space at the mall on Black Friday, or God's given me the unexpected check in the mail, right? These are these are good blessings. The, the parking space on Black Friday that is like the gift of salvation, right? We just something we don't deserve, but we freely take. I don't know. I, I don't do Black Friday. I don't either, but I've seen videos of people fighting, and it is the gift that no one deserves, but somebody will freely take. But I think it really took something for me personally. Like I, I think for for a, a long time in ministry, um, I would preach these things, right? That God loves us and God loves you, and and I would tell this to you and to anybody that God loves you and you're fearfully and wonderfully made, and and I don't. I went through a season of my life where I didn't, ne- I, I guess I began to realize that I didn't necessarily, maybe subconsciously, I didn't believe it for myself, you know, and, and, uh, I think that's very true because I think we have a hard time loving ourselves. I think we have a hard time seeing our worth. We do, but, we, and it's funny that you say that because we also love ourselves way too much. We oh, just, absolutely. We just don't love ourselves righteously. We love ourselves way too much, but in a love that isn't okay. Right. I think it's the lust. <laughs> yeah, we, we lust ourselves. Uh, I don't know that we love ourselves. Right? And so we we have this, really, this self-loathing nature. And we all feel like we're not good enough. And let's be honest, we're not. Yeah. But God but- doesn't say, you have to be so good for me to love. God said, I'll take you in your rags and I'm going to love you in them and then we'll make them something else. Yeah. And for me, you know, about three years ago, I mean, literally began what's the worst season of my life. And and there's still, there's still a part of that season that I'm still going through and, and, you know, came home and, and my wife left me, um, for a myriad of reasons, um, but none of them, like, I think that are the, the traditional ones, like there wasn't a adultery or, or, you know, any kind of moral failing. Um, but, you know, my wife left me and, and I, I haven't seen my kids uh, for quite a while. This will be the third Christmas um, that I haven't had really any contact with my kids. And that's going to be a, a prevailing fight, but all that to say, in this really dark time when I had no idea what was going on, how God was ever going to use me again, where God was like, I felt alone and and God put people in my life. Um, you're definitely one of them, but you know, a couple of things kept coming up to me. And I, I think about verses that make me think about God's love. And, and one of them that, that pops to mind right now and was a big one for me through that time and, and still is today is is Matthew eleven twenty eight when Jesus says, "Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you're going to find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light." And that verse really kind of changed my prayer life through that season, where I felt that where I, I didn't have this with anybody else that I could just sit at Jesus's feet. I could sit in prayer and not even say a word and just cry and weep and know that 
he was easy and that he loved me. Um, and then I, I really began to feel that grace upon grace, that love just being poured out to me. And, and the other big verse is Psalm 4610 that, that just popped up everywhere through that season is to be still and know that I'm God. And to just stop trying to fix it on my own and that he was in control and and that love for me that he just continues to pour out to me is just it's totally changed my my feeling about that where I, I i really cringe if i do use words like i love that pizza from that place or i love the mets i i can assure you those words will never come out of my mouth um no i think going back to your prayer and just being able to sit at the feet of Christ. I think some of our best prayers have no words. Amen. I think some of our best prayers are tears that fall at the feet of Christ. Because while we're not saying a word, and while we're not thinking anything, we just sob. Those tears have stories that they tell. Those tears are full uh, of tears for fears. Yes. Uh, those tears are full of fear. Those tears are full of stories and hurt and anguish. And they can tell the story way better than we ever could. That's a good word because the Puritan Thomas Manton said that. Um, I can't remember if it was Thomas Manton or Thomas Watson. I think it was Thomas Manton, but he said that that prayer. <clears throat> Prayer is a sermon that we preach to ourselves and God hears. And sometimes maybe we just don't have the words to preach, but those, the tears, the, what you just said, you know, that the tears have a story to tell that our silence um, still isn't silent. They're stories that we're, we're telling to God. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, there have been times that, and so I, I am the type of person that, like I'm a crier. Yeah, me too. I will if I'm sad, I'm crying. If I'm mad, I'm crying. If I'm scared, I'm crying. Like you, you can always tell by the expression on my face what kind of tears I have, right? But I, I mean, there have been so many times that I've sat and just cried with no words to speak. Um, I remember when my grandmother died, and I. You know, I sat alone at some point, you know, Dr. Wife was helping, you know, our oldest because he was he was young. He was three when when Memal died. And I just remember trying to figure out, like, how how do I do this without her? Right. Because who did I go to when I needed advice on how to be a better husband? It was my grandmother. Right. She would tell me unequivocally like you're an idiot shut up and listen or no no you should have done it this way you know on parenting and, and all this you know stuff that you know i didn't always go to ashley about because i didn't want her to think i didn't know what i was doing absolutely there's that little bit of i don't know if it's fear with the person you love but you you definitely don't want to disappoint them and i think for me anyway at times being an idiot you know or or being ignorant or just not having a knowledge is, is enough of a fear point to not go to your spouse and have them think that they've yeah, married don't get a fool me wrong. dr wife knows full well i don't know what i'm doing <laughs> and she loves you anyway and she does but like and so i can just remember sitting because she it, it happened on christmas and so she came home for a few days um, to get things set up and so that her sister could come watch Turner, right? While she came back for the funeral. And so I stayed in Kentucky while she went back to the Hope. And like, I just remember sitting and going to bed one night and I was alone. And I was staying with my cousin's house or her apartment. And so I was alone. Sarah had gone to bed. I was going to bed and I just remember crying. One, because I was so upset that she was gone uh, and that I, you know, she was my person. And two, like, how do I, how do I move forward knowing that 
she had so much left to tell me that I didn't get to hear. Right. And so those tears just flowed. And, and so I didn't know what to pray because I felt like everything I prayed was selfish. Right. Oh, poor is me. And so the tears just flew because I didn't know what else to say. Right. I remember when we were in the hospital, when Ashley was giving birth and the doctor coming in and saying, okay, uh, it's not progressing. We've got to do an emergency C-section. I mean, she is in labor for like 32 hours. Yeah. And it, things got a little dicey at the end. And, you know, I'm nervous, but I'm holding it all together. And my father-in-law comes in and he's got these, and he is not a religious man. And he has got these, he kisses Ashley in the forehead and he held it together for her, I think. Mm. And walked up to me and Papa Sasquatch, as I, um, I begged my kids to call him that because I swear to God, the man is Bigfoot. <laughs> I can test that I have found Bigfoot in this life. Uh, I call him dad. <laughs> but, you know, Ashley's dad, he hugged me and he was like, make sure she's safe with these big tears. Mm. And then I lose my stuff because I was thinking, man, like, this is the woman that I love more than anybody else in this world. You know, if something happens to her, like, I don't know what I'll do. That's and so they, they take Ashley into the, into the, what the, the room that they're going to do the thing to, you know, where they're going to gut her like a fish. And you are, you are not a doctor. I'm not, I'm not a doctor. Um, and so I'm trying to figure out how to put these gowns on, like these sweet nurses whom, whom I love, um, bring these gowns to me. They're like, here, put these on, honey, and we'll take you back there to them. And so I've just got these tears streaming and I can't figure out, like, I'm a big guy. For those who have never seen me, I am not a small man. And so I'm putting the gowns on the way that I think they should go and I'm crying and I'm trying to figure it all out and I can't find the words to pray. I'm just crying. And the nurse comes in. I'm like, do you have any bigger gowns? This doesn't fit. And she's like, honey, turn it around. You're putting it on backwards. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense now. But, you know, I'm just sitting there crying and I'm not praying any words right but i'm definitely throwing everything at the feet of jesus right those tears told everything that needed to be told in that time so yeah i, I as i rabbit hold the heck out of that just to be able to agree with you yes no that's a good word tears are the sermons that that fill, they fill in the gaps to our prayers that are sermons that we preach to ourselves so that, that is a good word landy i think you're right like love that the question of what love's got to do with it love has everything to do with it because god so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son to live with us and teach us and die for us and that painful death that we deserve and went to the cross to take on that punishment to take on the sins of the world and died and buried and rose three days later so that we can have an eternal life and an inheritance right an inheritance that only truly belongs to jesus that you i no one else deserves that inheritance um and nothing you can do no matter you know your your sins we're all sinners and that that creates a distance between us and God and, and Jesus is the way to truth and the life. He bridges that. And there is nothing you can do on your own to make yourself good enough in the eyes of God. The only way is to come to Jesus. And the love story that is Jesus begins with the love story of Joseph and Mary to kind of bring it full circle here. Amen. So, you know, and I, I don't want to say that if Joseph would have said no, that it wouldn't have happened. Like God's going to make whatever he wants to happen, happen. Right. But the precedent was set very early with Joseph and Mary that I love this woman. This woman loves me. And we're going to, we're going to do this because not only do we love each other, but, but God has told us to do so. And so don't follow your heart <laughs> at any point unless that heart is tethered to Christ and your your heart is following Jesus to a T. 
Follow Christ's heart. Don't follow yours. But if you, if, if you have the choice to follow your heart or Christ's heart, uh, go without yours. You, you'll be fine without your own heart. Blendy, well, I, th- I think about, you know, way back, um, you know, I had a love for, for, for his people. God spoke through Isaiah, through the prophet Isaiah. And I think about Isaiah 7, Isaiah 7, 10 through 14. Um, says the Lord spoke to Ahaz saying, ask a sign of the Lord, your God, let it be deep as Sheol or high as heaven. But Ahaz said, I will not ask and I will not put the Lord to the test. Then Isaiah said, here then, O house of David, is it too little for you to weary more? Is it, sorry, is it too little for you to weary mortals that you weary my God also? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the young woman is with child and she'll bear a son and she'll name him Emmanuel. So even all those all those years ahead or those years before the incarnation of Christ, um, God loved us so much that he was he was letting us know this wasn't a surprise pregnancy. Oh, no. It may have been a surprise for Mary, Joseph and her families at that moment, but this shouldn't have been a surprise to, to any of those, to any of God's people at that time. And he oh, yeah, continues God. to love us because even though we're we're waiting through the second advent for the return of Christ, I mean, God still God still gives us Christ. Jesus still loves us and Jesus still reigns. Absolutely. That's a good word. And I think that's probably the best way to end it right there. I think you're right. I think that's a good word. I think the the, the ship has sailed for us on this this little advent series we've had. But Andy, I, I do want to tell you that that I do love you. From the bottom of my heart, like I, you know, it's, I don't know you very long when in the grand scheme of things of my life. I mean, I don't know. We know each other for four or five years now. Let's say, how long have we, how long has it been? When did you move to Terre Haute? Uh, I don't even remember. (laughs) It's about four or five years. I think we, we knew of each other for a while. We were both afraid to engage each other because I figured you hated me because I got a job that you applied for and I think you figured I didn't want to talk to you because and then we talked in a in a in a it was a boys and girls club parking lot in Terre Haute, Indiana. It was when we first realized I'm like, oh, I think I'm gonna be this dude's friend for life. Absolutely. Yeah, that was uh that and that first that first Sunday, that little or Saturday at the cafe. Uh-huh. Where I told Ashley, like, hey, I'm going to eat, eat breakfast with this guy. Like, I don't, I'll be back in 45 minutes. And it was like and a couple hours. Three and a, three and a half hours later, I walked back into the house. And I was like, I think I found a friend. Yeah, because I think the first thing we, we met at that, we, we talked after a sort of a community meeting at the Boys and Girls Club parking lot. And I think we uh, we both marveled at the very young Catholic priest in cowboy boots driving a pickup truck. <laughs> I still marvel at that and the fact that he made the priest uniform, if that's what you want to call it. Cool. That thing looked good. Yeah. And by young, the astounding thing is that he he's, you know, early 30s and he's he's an American. Like I've seen young priests who come from other countries. I, I've not seen a young American priest in a, quite a long time. And he rocked it with cowboy boots. Yeah. Yeah. It was... It was a marvelous sight, but yeah, no, I, I definitely love you. Um, you know, you've, you've been a lot to, to my family and myself and, you know, we, we've gone through some stuff together with, with your life and with my life. And, uh, you know, I'm anxious and, and looking forward to, to see what happens as we continue down this journey, but don't make me cry. <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm just going to keep poking until I get a few. Uh, but yeah, no, I definitely don't lust you. It's a love. Yes, no, I don't lust you. <laughs> uh, and to our to our, our friends that are listening, you know, we're we're definitely thankful for you guys. Absolutely. Uh, take you know some couple hours a week to listen to us ranting and and our our storytelling and and as we try to to look at at Christ from a you know what what do we say a fifty thousand foot. View of of cultural shenanigans from a Christian lens or a Christian viewpoint. Yeah. So, I mean, welcome 
Welcome to the show, I guess. I don't know if it's a 50,000 foot view or it's your your kid got a drone on Christmas morning and he's serpentining it through the backyard and it's in a few trees, but it's well, he wants a drone, by the way. But oh, like, he's I, got I want one, one, but he wants one of those that can and I, I low key want him to get one so I can play with it. Oh, I want one of those. That's a gift I would get him, but it would be mine. You can only play it with this one when I'm around. Right. You can only play this when I'm not at work and when we're both able to do it. That's right. It's very delicate machinery. Well, folks, if if you want to engage with us, we can engage with us on Twitter. And our handle is at HillHipsterPod. Or you can email us at HillHipsterPod at gmail.com. Last word, Andy. It's yours. As you're going into this, this week of love, you know, whenever, when all else fails, you know, ask the HO question, what's love got to do with it? Right. And then, and then make your way back to Mary and Joseph and at the manger, because that will lead you straight to the cross. And you'll realize that love had everything to do with that. Amen. So love the people around you. That's a good word, brother. Well, until next time, um, just pray that everyone just be blessed. Oh, also, real quick, um, we have a special Christmas episode that'll that'll launch uh, right around Christmas Eve, probably. It it will launch Christmas Eve. I will I will get it out midnight, that first thing Christmas Eve morning. So so you'll get you'll get the the normal this normal for the week. Uh, but we're gonna do a special Christmas Eve, so you get you get more of us this week, guys. It's less nonsense the Christmas Eve one. Yeah, it's that's probably our most serious one that we've done. Um, but there's there's if you can handle any more of us in your week, at least it's a Christmas episode. Amen. All right, guys. Until then, we'll see you later. Be good. Love y'all.